The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Together. Like the wallpaper sticks to the wall. Like the seashore clings to the sea. Like you'll never get rid of your shadow. Chris, you'll never get rid of me. Let all the others fight and fuss. Whatever happens, we've got us. Hello and welcome to the season premiere of, no, I'm just kidding, another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here with Mike. And uh, we're going to discuss the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Back to the basics this week. And uh, before we get into the action, Mike, how's it going? So it's kind of funny when the other wrestling company does that. Their season premieres. It's like you air 52 weeks a year. Like there's nothing changing from season to season. It's still the same old, same old that we've experienced for 20 years. So. What's funny nice, to me nice. is that they, they never like advertise the season finale. It's just the season yeah. premiere. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny because it would feel like the finale is an excuse to have a big show. Um, and, and I know AEW kind of did a, a season premiere, if you will, um, with the, you know, celebrating the first year, the one year anniversary show that was actually like a little over a week after the first year show. Um, mm-hmm. But it, they didn't call it the season premiere. So I know it's a network thing and it's not like their choice, but it's still funny to me. Yeah, it's just another way WWE tries to be something <clears throat> tries to be something other than wrestling. They have their their draft. They have their um, recap shows I'm like, guys, you're professional wrestling. You don't need season premieres. We know what it is. So but anyway, I am doing good. Uh, I've. God, I played Dead... Have you played Dead by Daylight? I have not. Do you know what it's about? Like, the premise? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so for the listeners, it's like a, it's like horror movie, the game. It's four people trying to survive. There's a killer chasing you. And I meant to play only a few hours, like maybe an hour or two with, with the boys the other day. We played like five hours of this game, just running and hiding, trying to kill each other, trying to escape. And man, it's addicting. And it has like the licenses for some horror franchises. So like you can have Ghostface chasing you around, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers. Um, oh, it was, it's just been, a, it was a ton of fun. I highly, highly recommend it. I know this game's been out for almost five years, 45 years now. Still, it's, it's amazing. Super fun. Yeah. I remember it came out around the same time that the Friday, the 13th video game yep. came out. That was like one person plays as Jason and everyone else plays a camp counselor. And I remember the feedback at the time was this Friday the 13th game kind of sucks, but Dead by Daylight is the game that we hoped Friday the 13th was going to be. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it sounds cool. It's it. It also sounds like it would be right up my alley, but I also just don't do a lot of playing video games with other people that I'm not in mm-hmm. the room with. I'm very old school in that regard. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you would dig it. And, and honestly, like, the guys that I played with, or you met, you've met like two or three of them. They were uh, actually 
you've never met Drew, but you've followed him enough and interacted with him enough, and then it was I Kenny. feel like we've met. You know, we haven't, and I know that, but yeah. it still feels like we've met. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like if you played with us, like you'd be able to kind of ease into it too. It's um, it's yeah. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and uh, it was like eleven bucks on the PSN store, and it's crossplay now across systems. Oh, well, that's convenient. So, yeah, yeah. So it's not on Xbox at the moment. It's on PC and PS4. But I think it's going to be released on the next gen too. But then I think it's also getting on Xbox at some point as well. So, um, so if it gets on Xbox or if you want to play it on PC, more than welcome to join us. And, and it, oh, it was fun. It was a ton of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. But how you, how you doing, dude? I'm doing pretty well. It's, it's been a, a busy week. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling tired, but, uh, I've been, um, playing Super Mario Maker a lot and i am not doing any making because that is not my deal but uh i really like the world builder thing that they've put into it so that other people can actually build entire entire games basically where you can play through a bunch of worlds and each world will have multiple courses and it's pretty sweet what people have done i played through one where someone had recreated every level of super mario 64 but they had done it in 2d uh but it was really clever the way that they took some of the puzzles and some of the activities from super mario 64 and recreated them in uh this 2d environment so highly recommend it's basically endless entertainment because there's always people uploading new courses and some of them suck but most of the ones that i've played i've been able to kind of look online and find curated lists of, Hey, these are good courses. So download and play them. So it's, uh, it's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. The, uh, just the amount of, I don't want to say like time, (laughs) but the amount of time people put into these and just really build them out. It's always reminds me of like in Madden and uh, NCAA where people would like, before you could download rosters, they would update all of the NCAA players and like what thousands of players. So they match the real life rosters. Like, yeesh, that's crazy. <laughs> so I am, um, um, I used to play super tech mobile three was the first football game that I remember where you could create a player and mm-hmm. it allowed you to create an entire roster of players. So every season, it was also the first football game that I remember playing that had the Carolina Panthers on it. And so I would take the Panthers and I would create the entire Panthers roster for the current year and, and play it against, you know, the rest of 1996. (laughs) Jesus. That (laughs) sounds exhausting. (laughs) It was a lot of work, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I, I used to always just edit my roster and make my quarterback like the best. So not me, man. Jake DeLome all the way. Oh, the raging Cajun, my dude. I want some Bojangles. Um, <laughs> all right, man. Any, anything else before we, uh, we dive into the, the week that was, no, we should get into it. The dynamite that was dynamite kicked off with the first match in the AEW championship eliminator tournament between Wardlow and jungle boy. Uh, Wardlow dominated this match and got the pinfall. 
After this, we got a promo from John Moxley calling out Eddie Kingston in response to the attack that he received at the end of last week's episode. Next up was the second match in the AEW Championship Eliminator Tournament in which Kenny Omega delivered a V-Trigger and a One-Winged Angel to Sonny Kiss, and that was the end of the match. Nothing else happened. Just those two (laughs) things. After that, Eddie Kingston cut a promo on Moxley, uh, continuing to build their feud and responding to John Moxley's challenge to an I Quit match at the upcoming Full Gear pay-per-view. After this was the third match in the AEW Championship Eliminator Tournament between Ray Phoenix and Penta. Phoenix getting the victory in that match over his brother, leading us into a promo by different members of the Dark Order about their participation in championship opportunities upcoming. Colt Cabana discussing his match with Hangman Adam Page and Alex Reynolds and uh, John Silver discussing their participation in the tag team match to determine the number one contenders for FTR's championship. After that was the match between Colt Cabana and Hangman Adam Page. Adam Page getting a hard-fought victory in that match, which took us into a vignette from Sammy Guevara, furthering his feud with Matt Hardy. Next up was a promo from Team Taz, featuring Taz and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. After this was the promoted dinner debonair, which uh, was... (laughs) A song and dance featuring none other than Chris Jericho and MJF. After this was a match between Britt Baker and Kylan King. Britt Baker winning that match handily. And the main event, a four-way tag team match between the Young Bucks, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, Private Party, and The Butcher and The Blade with the newly returned Bunny. But it wasn't enough, and the Bucks got the victory in that match and are now number one contenders for FTR's Tag Team Championships. And that was the week that was. Stock up, stock down. I am giving a big stock up, Joel, to my love of professional wrestling and my love of Broadway theater. And for once in my life, they came together. What did you think of La Dinner Debonair? Did I say that right? Close enough. I, I thought this was miles better <laughs> oh. than, you know, The Rock in the middle of the ring with a guitar. In terms of, of musical numbers on wrestling programs, I feel like that was previously like the top. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland Rocks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this this took the cake. I mean... I'm pretty sure it was actually Chris Jericho and MJF singing and they didn't sound terrible. So uh, this was really impressive. I I enjoyed their dance moves. Their comedic timing was spectacular. This is not my kind of segment. And I loved it. (laughs) I was all about this. So I think it's, it's one of my favorite things that I've seen on AEW television. And I, I can't believe I just said that. It was so random, so weird. And I just, I love that they were willing to go there. <laughs> just like, because you know, like, man, Jericho, someone had this idea. And instead of them just immediately saying, no, we're not doing a Broadway song and dance. They're like, 
tell me more, tell me more. Like, does he have a car? And I'm trying to get more <laughs> musical references into this. I um, got you. No. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Grease is the word. Hey, now. <laughs> but yeah, it was so fun. And I, I, I definitely think it was Jericho singing. The MJF sounded maybe too good. <laughs> like, if that's if that's really him singing, good for MJF. He's got a good voice. I wouldn't um, put it past MJF to to be a decent singer. Nah, super talented guy, man. And just like the stuff, like I love the back and forth. First off, you never order a steak well. You also never order a steak medium well. You gotta have you gotta have the rare, some rare in there, either rare or medium rare. And if you eat your steak, well done. I don't want to be your friend. So good job for these heels leaning into the cardinal sin of eating steak by ordering them well done. And then I like them just kind of like <laughs> the ratings ruler nickname. It get a, it'll get over about as much as, and then at the same time, Orange Cassidy. Like it was so corny, so wonderful. And God, if if we're going to get more song and dance numbers from these guys, then yes, let's get MJF in the inner circle because it should just be an acapella group. I honestly kind of hope that this was a one-off because let's not cheapen it by by doing it more <laughs> times. Like this was perfect. It was unexpected. It was executed so well. And I mean, if we think back to the uh, their little Brady Bunch thing that they did with the inner circle, mm-hmm. like I wasn't really into that. And then they kept doing it and I still wasn't into it. And and granted, there were a couple of funny things in each one, but it just was not, it didn't hit for me. And this was a home run. And I say, you got it exactly right the first time. There is no need to do it again. (laughs) Could could we just have Jericho play like a lounge singer character, like a greasy (laughs) lounge, like Las Vegas not on the strip, but like 10 miles out of the city type of singer. Because <laughs> I think you could pull that off so freaking well. And like, you could, man, if there's not a shirt tomorrow that's like Jericho and the like the Jerichoettes or something, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. But fun stuff, you know, I think it's just wrestling, you know, sometimes it can take itself too seriously. And sometimes the performers and the fans and the writers and everything can take it too seriously. And they had fun with it and I appreciate that. So good for them. Got a chuckle out of me, got a big smile and God, I love it. And the the funny thing is, is I always compare wrestling to musical theater anyways, like just kind of over-exaggerated lines, crazy plots. And instead of singing, you're beating each other up. And uh, so to see it come together like that, it brought it brought a good tear to my eye, dude, a good tear. Solid. So happy. I'm going to throw a huge stock up (laughs) to the AEW Championship Eliminator Tournament, which I've now had to say five times on this podcast. I'm not even going to try and say it. So good job there. And I just I think this is kind of AEW at its best matches that have stakes that are also advancing stories. And I thought that was particularly apparent in the matches featuring Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. And I I don't think this is going to be the case. I do think we're going to get a real match between Kenny and Phoenix. But man, how great of a story would it be if Kenny just blew up Phoenix the same way he blew up Sonny Kiss? And then Paige 
had to struggle and struggle and struggle to get through Wardlow the way he had to struggle to get through Colt Cabana. It's kind of set up in a way that Paige is going to reach the finals as a beaten down, broken version of himself that's that's taken so much from these matches. And Kenny will have just skated through with a shit-eating grin and a bored look on his face. And I'm here for that. Yeah, man, 100%. I, uh, I, I love what they're doing with those two there. And I love the kind of change to the Kenny entrance with the, you know, bikini-clad women with brooms. <laughs> and then his kind of like, create like whatever was in front of the tunnel, like he looked badass and just this arrogance to him. And yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. He should just beat Phoenix in two seconds as much as we would love to see a Kenny Omega, Ray Phoenix barn burner. That's just, that's, that's a great story to tell. And then I was also like, I kind of want Wardlow to win this thing. Uh, he's probably, my my performer of the night. I thought his match with uh, Jungle Boy was fantastic. Um, I know you're a big fan, so I I still think we're on track for a Hangman Page Kenny final, but uh, that definitely would be a, a twist. But um, what was your uh, what was your favorite match of these four of the four quali- the four single looks tonight uh, single matches tonight? So I think Phoenix and Penta was the best match from a work rate perspective. Mm-hmm. But the one that really drew me in and got me thinking about where we were going was Colt and Hangman Page. Uh, the opening match was was really, really great from a ring work perspective, and I thought it showed a lot of growth from Wardlow. But the Colt Cabana and Hangman Page match was when I really started to put together, like, okay, not only are these two going to meet in the finals, but they're going to get there very different ways that's going to continue to develop the characters that they've morphed into after leaving their tag team together. So that's the one that really, really excites me. Yeah. uh, A couple like highlights from the matches tonight. I thought the ways that they kept, they've been doing this a couple uh, recently of how to set up the buckshot lariat. And I loved the kind of pump fake that hangman got on Colt Cabana today. Yeah. Um, and they've been kind of teasing that it's it's a difficult move to set up, but um, there's creative ways to do it, which I, I find interesting. And God, that like flippy power bomb thingy that Pentagon hit Phoenix with, where he like tossed yeah. him twenty feet into the air. That was sweet. <laughs> and then the transition to the Canadian Destroyer at the end, that was so silky smooth and so clean. And talk about extending a story. Remember, the brothers almost came to blows a few weeks ago. That's what started this whole Eddie Kingston family thing. Uh, was, you know, trying to bring everyone together and getting their frustrations uh, under control. And to get to see them have a match where the, that was freaking intense. They weren't holding back on each other at all. Um, just, I could watch those guys wrestle all day. And if we do get an actual match between Kenny Omega and Phoenix. It should steal whatever show. It's on next week, right? Semifinals yes. of next week? Yeah, and we're just roaring through show. here, which is nice because I think we're going to have a couple of episodes to focus purely mm-hmm. on building the for the matches that are going to be at full gear because the entire card will be determined about two weeks out, I think. 
Yeah, which uh, was definitely, I felt like matches were still getting set two days before <laughs> All yeah. Out. So um, definitely, definitely a different uh, approach this time. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the, the tournament's a good way to go. I like the, even if we, we are a little, you know, we know where it's going to go, it, it definitely made me kind of question today watching these matches, like, ooh, could one of these guys beat one of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega? So I think that's a testament to them, the testament of the, the, the quality of wrestlers they have in this tournament. And, uh, yeah, I, I stock up. Stock up to all eight guys. Great, great. Poor Sunny Kiss, though. Poor Sunny Kiss. Yeah, and, and it wasn't <laughs> even supposed to be Sunny Kiss. I honestly yeah. would feel a lot better about Joey Janela losing that way than Sunny Kiss because I feel like Joey is a little bit more established and, yeah. and doesn't necessarily need to get the rub from having a competitive match with Kenny Omega. Also, he's already had competitive matches with Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Sunny Kiss, I was really excited when the announcement came out that, oh, Sonny's going to be taking Joey's place. And I was like, wow, this is going to be a great match. And then when it was a, a V-trigger right off the top, I was like, oh, yeah. it's over. <laughs> you think that would, You think that was the same same plan they had for, for Janela? Just to I eat think it so. right away? I yeah. think so. Yeah, and, th- and it would have made sense storyline too because they could have talked about before how the two of them have had competitive matches in AEW. And now Kenny is just on a different level right now. He's ascending, so... But I mean, yeah. it's clear that only one person in this match mattered from a storytelling perspective. Like <laughs> it could have been, it could have been anyone else in this match and it would not have made a difference because the match was two moves in a pinfall and, and that was what it was going to be. Yeah. I, and oh, Kenny, man, he's, he's walking with a different level of swagger right now. And I just love it. I'm ready. You mentioned it last week. These or week before. It's time for Americans to see what Kenny Omega really is. And boy, Absolutely. it's going to be freaking it's going to be freaking awesome. And the card for Full Gear is shaking up really nicely. Uh and man, you know what's crazy? That pay-per-view is like 4 days after the election. <laughs> I just I well, keep four days the after election. the deadline for votes to get in. Like deadline for votes. To we get don't in. have an election day this year. We have an election season. Uh, I, I really don't think we're going to know the results on the night of, but, but this is not a politics podcast. So no, it's um, not. But it, it, that, the point I was trying to make is I just keep thinking that's that the election date is so far away. And then oh, when I realized really not. Oh, it, it's so freaking close. So what I'm trying to say, people, is get out and vote now. Do it. So while we got a master class in the ring between Phoenix and Penta, we got a master class out of the ring from John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. How's that for a transition? Stock up to these promos. <laughs> I thought you were about to give yourself a stock up for the transition. <laughs> I, I did. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> Putting yourself over, my friend. Yes. Uh, man, Moxley and Kingston might be... God, uh, just really get drawn in to what they're saying. And, you know, Moxie's response of saying, yeah, I'm not going to apologize for giving my family a better life, like in response to all of the entertainers you sold out type of comments. I think we all kind of uh, understand what he's saying there. And basically saying, I was your friend. I don't know who you are. You've changed. Um I don't know about you. I feel like I've had that I've had that same conversation about other friends in my life. Like 
not the same person I knew five, six years ago. What happened? Yeah. And then I loved the response from Kingston saying, I had to do this because it wasn't working out for me the other way. It wasn't being the good guy, wasn't paying the bills, wasn't getting me where I needed to be. And the thing I love about Eddie Kingston is that he makes you, even though you know he's the heel here and he's a bitter heel, you're thinking, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, cheat away, dude. <laughs> like, I got, you have to do it. I got Bane vibes from this promo without the weird voice. <laughs> like that great closing line of, you're going to have to go to a very dark place in order to to make me quit. And I live in that place. You know, it mm-hmm. it's... It was really, really good. And I also love that Kingston opened up the promo with Mox, everything that you said, it's all true. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked before. It's it's this recurring refrain on this podcast that heels tell the truth, right? It's the conclusion that they draw from that truth that makes them a heel. And Eddie Kingston here, he's not lying. He's telling the truth. Uh, but it's it's where he ends up, that he is somehow aggrieved because of how things have happened when really nothing that's happened has put him in a worse position in the company from a kayfabe perspective. So he hasn't been cheated. He hasn't been wronged, but that's still the conclusion that he's going to draw from the situation that he's in. And Mm -hmm. there is no one in professional wrestling that I believe on the mic like Eddie Kingston. Same, same. I'm, I'm going to, I think he's the best promo in wrestling right now. Not full stop. Like, dude's incredible. And I usually, I don't usually like the I quit stipulation because I feel like it can really disrupt the flow of the match. But man, has there ever been a story or feud in recent years that feels like it needs this type of stipulation to beat the person so badly? And and this is going to be an, an emotional roller coaster because they are you know, Moxley basically said, yeah, we're friends. We're brothers. Like, you know, all he said everything, but I love you, dude. Like, so for them to put each other through this type of match, uh, I think is very fitting. And I, I applaud them for adding this stipulation to this main event. Cause it, yeah, it reminds me, works. it reminds me a little bit of, uh, Ray and Eddie, uh, which was my favorite. I quit match ever mm-hmm. and just the the closeness that they've established in this relationship between these two performers and the the pain that's clear from mm-hmm. both of them uh, yeah. and then the lengths that they're both clearly willing to go in order to settle this i think it's earned even though it's kind of come together quickly but i mean how long have they been going back and forth six weeks eight weeks um god the when was when was his title match it was right out it was like two weeks after all out right because they ended up they have to they had to push back the title match with um archer yeah so yeah it's been about four to six weeks and then they even crossed paths i think before that not as enemies just through some videos or backstage stuff i think so yeah, they've they've done a good job of establishing it, and I, you know, sometimes they try to ram in in wrestling in general. They try to ram down your throats, like, oh yeah, these guys are really good friends, really good friends. Uh, 
it doesn't feel forced. It feels natural. And also just what you know about both of these wrestlers in real life and in their, in their characters. And it wouldn't hundred percent make sense that they would be close <laughs> on the Indies, that they would be friends, that they would, uh, you know, have a bond. So, um, you know, their, their styles definitely fit. And I remember being like, I wanted more when we got the Eddie Kingston, uh, uh, Moxley match on AEW. So I'm really excited that we're getting a main event full, you know, however long that could be 20, 25 minute match to really tell this story. And I've been really impressed with Moxley's storytelling, um, since he's gotten to AEW and you had an amazing veteran like Eddie Kingston. I'm excited. It's gonna be great. Mox has been really solid since he won the title and I'm I'm reminded of the run that he had as Dean Ambrose on SmackDown when he was the champion there. And when they split up the shield. Yeah, yeah he's someone brand. who's just better with the big title. He mm-hmm. just it, it it makes his character pop. Like you don't take him seriously when he's just ooh, I'm I'm crazy Dean Ambrose. I do weird stuff. I'm wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> but when he has the title and you have to deal with him, you are forced to take him seriously. It adds another layer to this character. And I think John Moxley and the John Moxley that we've seen, particularly this calendar year, has been a product of that placement on the card, having the main title. And I wouldn't have thought that there would still be matches that I'm super interested in him having after eight months of him carrying the title, but there are, and I am. Yeah. And spoiler alert, this rain ain't ending anytime soon. Unless you want to pick them and lose the pay-per-view picks again. Joel. I feel like I have to, at this point, I feel like it's a, <laughs> it's like a rite of passage, uh, oh, for, tradition. For, I'm about for to... each show. I have to pick against Moxley. I think it's the rules well, and you have Sean's to pick Sean Spears. <laughs> It's on the card. I'll take that bastard. <laughs> I will. No, I like what you said about uh, him being the title holder. It adds something to his craziness and it gives him something to go to crazy lengths for. Like when there's nothing at stake, is he just throwing himself through tables just because he likes it? No. Now with the title, he's going to throw himself through tables. He's going to throw himself on thumbtacks. He's going to do all of this because he wants to keep pretty platinum. So. Yeah, I, I agree there. And I've, I've, I, his title reign started slow, but I think that was more because of the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. Than anything else. And then once they got out of the pandemic tapings and back into Daly's plays full time with new tapings every two weeks, uh, it's just, I think, I, I, not much I can really say that's been bad about it. And he was definitely the right choice to take the belt off of Jericho. And he's definitely the right choice to hold on to it for the, the time being. Because we got to get him to that Kenny Omega or Hangman Page feud. Either one would would be awesome. And that's crazy. Those are two matches with the champion. I'm I'm really excited to see. And who knows if we actually are going to get them. Like, it's not stale yet, I guess, is what, what I'm trying to say. And I agree with you with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, we've talked about most of the show already, but let's have a quick lightning round to hit on anything we may have left out. Lightning round. 
Oh, I'll guess I'll go. Um, the main event tag team match, uh, freaking crazy. Uh, look, if, yeah, if you didn't see Alex Reynolds, is that his name? Alex Reynolds. That's right. Yes. Uh, got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> so, um, it, it was on that spot. He took the uh, the double. The private party did a, a double team spot off of the ropes and got like hit right on the side of the head. Um, but luckily is okay. Everything out now is that he walked out on his own power and he just kind of got knocked out for a little bit. But, um, that aside, glad you're okay. The match itself was freaking wild. And Joel, the bunny is back. Yeah. That, she belongs. That happened on, uh, AEW Dark <laughs> this week, which, uh, for once I didn't watch, uh, Joel. I know I got to catch up on it because, uh, well, they put out a thing that is like, this week's dark is over two hours long. And I was like, Oh God, no. Like, can we please get back to like 45 minutes to an hour? Like that was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's, it's a full, full show now. That's what we wanted. But it's, it's uh, all matches. So it feels like it's a lot harder to, to watch, you know, it's kind of like watching a pay-per-view um, in the way that you have to pay attention to everything. Whereas, you know, during promo segments, you don't have to lock in quite as much as, as you do with matches. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's exhausting. Would you, uh, my favorite moment from this was post-match with freaking Tully doing some work. Yeah. Jumping Tully off jumping the off the rope. ropes. Like, <laughs> I mean, we almost had old men bumping by accident. Oh, dude. Old man bumps are my favorite. <laughs> I love when old men bump. <laughs> they make me nervous. <laughs> what do you got for me in lightning round, buddy? Uh, we can keep talking about that tag match if you want to. Because no, I, I think I think you covered the important details. The Bucks were great, and uh, they won the match, and that's what should have happened. Uh, I wanted to talk about Team Taz and the promo that they cut, and I, I think that you know we all know absolute Ricky Starks is great but uh angry Ricky Starks might be even better uh you won't <laughs> like him when he's angry this was a really good passionate promo calling out that you know he hasn't gotten a fair shake and why is Darby getting these opportunities and he's not and you know he's been busting his ass on AEW Dark and rebranding it AEW Starks uh, and, uh, it's been really fun. And I like that he's kind of taking on this edge where he's usually so cool, calm and collected. And he's got his kind of suave way of moving through the wrestling world. And and now we're getting a more angry, more focused version and nice to see Brian cage on our televisions. Just, just in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ricky Starks is, is awesome. And really, uh, I just really want a pay-per-view length match between him and Darby Allen. You know, we kind of had that, the match a few weeks ago, but man, I just wanted more so much more. Um, so great, great work there. Uh, curious to see if he's going to, I feel like this TNT title match could definitely could dive into multi-man story. Cause you know, we have this unfinished business with between Starks and Allen. Then you have this, rematch between Cassidy and Cody next week that maybe that hits the time limit again or something happens. I, I definitely could see a multi-man match on this card and transitioning. Um, I loved orange Cassidy saying we're on to Cincinnati (laughs) (laughs) channeling his 
inner coach Belichick, that made me laugh really freaking hard. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of an outdated reference because that was a few years ago. <laughs> um, but I still got it though, and and I don't nope. watch post game pressers, so I think that one broke through into the collective consciousness enough to you know be a, a, an appropriate reference. Even and also like who's a better kind of uh avatar for for orange cassidy's speaking style than than bill belichick like few (laughs) words i'm kind of not gonna talk if i don't have to and i'm gonna seem generally annoyed that i have to do this i'm i'm not looking at belichick that he does all this to conserve energy like orange cassidy it's just too much work for him to bother so you're saying bill belichick is the original king of sloth style yeah i think so explains his attire yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if if Cassie shows up next week with uh, the sleeves cut off his hoodie, then we'll, we'll truly know. So. So uh, I think really there's only two things on here that we haven't talked about yet. So I'll talk about the uh, Sammy Guevara vignette and it was short and sweet, but I'm just, I'm going to say it because we haven't said it yet this episode. I'm excited to see where it goes. (laughs) Uh, We know that we're getting uh, the ultimate deletion or elite deletion um, at uh, full gear. And I'm really hoping this is cinematic. I felt like uh, it's been basically announced through the dirt sheets that it will be a cinematic cinematic match. And it might be taking place at the Hardy compound. I sure hope so, because we haven't really gotten that yet um, from Matt Hardy and in, in AEW. And it's, it's what I want from him at this stage in his career. These are the kinds of matches that get me excited. I'm not like super stoked to see him go out in the ring and do what he's been doing for at this point, like what, 25 years. Mm-hmm. He's great. It's all good, but give me something different. Give me some flavor. So I am excited to see where it goes. What I like about it is that it reduces the risk for Matt Hardy. Yeah, that too. A cinematic match because he has had a rough go in this feud. The chair to the face, the concussion of death. Um, Yeah, let's make sure there's a lot more padding under things if he's jumping off of stuff. But um, that that should be really fun. And yeah, we had a a match between Britt Baker and Kylie and Kylie and King. Kylan King? I think it's just Kylan. Kylan? Yeah, Kylan um, King. Pretty short, to the point, borderline squash. Um, wasn't much going on in the women's division this week. If I had to point to anything that was a negative, uh, we're three weeks out from full gear, and they're just, there was no development for what that championship match is going to be. So that's a little concerning. Um, but Britt Baker being awesome, you know, great presence in the ring. I would be totally fine if they just ended up going to a Sheeta, um, Britt Baker championship match. It'd be fun. Uh, it's kind of what they were kind of seemed like they were on track for before her injury was for her to, uh, challenge for the title. And I think that, you know, we've, we've talked about four heel champions can kind of, can be a saving grace for a division and, and maybe a heel champion Britt Baker is what the women's division needs right now. So, yeah, we need to uh, have Britt Baker come in and do a, a Neville King of the Cruiserweights kind of run to uh, <laughs> save the division. Man. 
King of the Cruiserweights was awesome. That was such a yeah, great. That's what I mean. Character. Oh man, that, that saved the the entire cruiserweight division. I think so. Yeah, I miss Pack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Joel. Did you have a random observation for us? I do not. No. Cool. By the way, this might be the easiest episode ever to edit. <laughs> Until I said that, I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can find Joel at The Other Joel. You can find me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Android guy like me, Pretty much any of the podcasting apps in the Google Store will will work for you. Uh, you can email us at theotherwrestlingshow at gmail.com and rate and subscribe. You know, we uh, we love to hear from you guys. We've been interacting with some of you via the Twitter. So join us if you if you may. And uh, Joel, anything else to say before we uh, before I go watch a musical? I think there's a soon to be an opening in the dark order. So it may once again be a good time to join. Yeah, man, this Coco Bana stuff. Excited to see where it goes. Bye everyone. Remember everybody life's a work. Duck the clothesline and happy wrestling. Bye.